0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge of Wharton.
1: We all understand that the world we live in provides countless amounts of data about our likes and dislikes, but it may also be the best way to truly understand who a person is. Seth Stevens, Davidowitz, he puts that theory front and center in his new book, Everybody Lies, big data, new data, and what the internet can tell us about who we really are. He actually calls the internet the ultimate truth serum. Seth is a New York Times op-ed contributor, a visiting lecturer here at the Wharton School, and a former Google data scientist, and he joins us on the show right now. Seth, welcome. Thanks much for having me. Thank you very much. I th- There's really not much doubt that, that our digital footprints tell us a lot about who we are, but I get the sense that, that it is still today something that people, to a degree, scoff at, that so much can be gleaned from all of this information.
0: Yeah, I think uh, some people have this traditional notion of what data is, and it's kind of a representative uh, survey, and you have clear questions with check boxes that people can answer very clearly. And uh, I think they get, get a little uncomfortable with kind of these the, the wild world of the Internet data, uh, where data tends to be more unstructured, uh, and a, a little bit different than they're used to.
1: Does it, does it feel like at times that, that people still believe they have this higher level of security than they really do?
0: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, th- I think uh, I think there are, there are concerns about definitely the power of big data. Because data is so predictive, uh, companies can use it to really uh, take advantage of people potentially. And I talk about in the book, uh, one example, if you apply for a loan – Uh, companies can predict whether you'll pay back the loan just based on the words you use in your loan. For example, if you use the word God in a loan, you're 2.2 times more likely to default, 2.2 times more likely not to pay back. So a company could make money by not giving a loan to people who end their request with God bless you, which is pretty scary.
1: That's a, am- and there are examples of this throughout the book. I mean, all kinds of them. I mean, and, but you really do, at, at, throughout the course of the book, you tackle a variety of some of the bigger issues that we have in society, like racism and, and child abuse, abortion. And there are all kinds of data points that you can find uh, wh- which will lean one way or another in these areas.
0: Right. There's just so much information now from, from the web and certain sources such as Google, which I focus a lot on, people are just really honest and tell uh, Google things they may not tell anyone else. So really important areas uh, like the ones you mentioned, uh, we can get really new insights into who we are.
1: So I mentioned uh, a variety of these. One of the areas you look at is sex. So, yeah. So what is it about sex that <laughs> ends up being a fallacy?
0: Uh, I like to say that big data is so powerful that it turned me into a sex expert because uh, <laughs> it wasn't a natural <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a natural area of expertise for me, but uh, I think there there's obviously a lot of uh, lying around sex because it's an uncomfortable kind of taboo uh, area. and uh, I think we can learn a lot more from Google searches and from pornography about what people like and kind of the weirdness at the heart of the human psyche that doesn't really come out in corporate meetings or at lunch tables, but reveals itself at 2 a.m. on Pornhub.
1: Well, one of the things that, that that you talk about is just the use of condoms and, and yeah, how, yeah. and how it is a, a fallacy in terms of the actual use of condoms by people when having sex.
0: Well, yeah, if, if you ask, uh, if you, if you ask people how much, how frequently they have sex and how, they use a condom and you compare that to how many condoms are actually sold in the United States, People say they use a lot more condoms than are actually sold. I think that I think that they're actually not lying about having protected versus unprotected sex. They're just exaggerating how much sex they have <laughs> uh, because if you actually do the math on uh, how much unprotected sex people say they have with women of fertility age, uh, if that was true, there would be more pregnancies in the United States. So basically, I think there are a lot of pressures in in surveys. People want to look good or want to impress other people. And I think in today's society, one way to look good is to have, say, you're having a lot of sex.
1: You also looked at at racism and uh, you in the early parts of the book, you talk about how racism actually linked in, not directly with the election of, of President Obama in 2008, but in the immediate aftermath of President Obama being elected.
0: Well, there is a disturbing element to this data. If you think about it, if, if, in, if in general people lie to make themselves look good, then we're going to have an overly optimistic uh, per- perception of who people are. And if we know the truth in, in many areas, unfortunately, uh, we're going to learn darker things about people. And racism is one of the areas The shocking or one of the most surprising things I found uh, right away in this data was the shocking number of racist searches people make, basically, Ah, uh, looking for jokes, mocking African Americans, and yeah, this was a big theme. Really nasty searches about Obama as soon as he was elected,
1: and some of the the long held beliefs about the fact that a lot of this racism comes out of the South is not necessarily the case.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know if you ask in surveys or or conventional wisdom, racism is considered a Southern issue, but I think uh, that may be because in the South there's just less. Uh, need to hide that racism and if you look at the google search data which i think is more honest you see many of the areas with the highest racism are northern places places uh western pennsylvania eastern ohio upstate new york industrial michigan uh the real divide uh, in racism these days is not south versus north it's east versus west uh racism is much higher east of the mississippi than west of the mississippi
1: so if 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 we or companies were able to use this data in a more coherent manner, more effective manner. What do you think would be the impact in general for, for the U.S. or for society?
0: Well, there, there's a, a, an optimistic scenario and a pessimistic scenario, and I don't know which one will come, come true. The pessimistic scenario is companies uh, use this to take advantage of people to get them to spend more money uh, that they don't have or get, spend more time on their websites, even though they don't need to be on those websites. Uh, the optimistic scenario is now we would have insight uh, into uh, really, really important areas, uh, you know, health, uh, racism, sexuality, and really can learn how to improve society.
1: The health uh, angle of it is a very interesting piece. And obviously with Still, so many deadly diseases that we have uh, linked in our country right now. The fact that we would be able to kind of gleam information that may be be able to either lead to a cure or be able to have a more preventative nature of, you know, being able to catch diseases really before they become worse than they actually do. I mean, that 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 has an incredible impact both on. The, the people in this country, but also the economics surrounding uh, healthcare as well.
0: Yeah, well, one of my favorite studies is uh, they compared people. They used a, a search data. They, they found people who made searches such as just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And you know when someone makes a search like that, they probably just got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. So you compare those people to similar people who never were diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and you look in the prior months what symptoms were they searching for. Uh, And they found really, really subtle patterns that are predictors of eventually getting a pancreatic cancer diagnosis. Uh, For example, if you search indigestion followed by abdominal pain, that's a risk factor in pancreatic cancer, whereas searching indigestion by itself is not a risk factor. And that's a really, really subtle pattern that is hard to pick up without massive data sets, and I think almost suggests a new kind of medicine.
1: We're joined by uh, Seth Stevens-Davidowitz, uh, who is the author of the book Everybody Lies. Your comments are welcome at 844 Wharton 844 is the number to give us a call. So it, it it appears that one of the things that may have kind of revolutionized big data and the understanding of this, and, and I guess to a degree it really helped you down this path you write about called uh google trends when google trends kind of came around th- that kind of changed things a little bit
0: yeah i think uh the, i, th- I it, it's kind of interesting when google trends first came around which which uh, and google trends can show you uh, where different uh terms are searched uh, w- what place they're searched more frequently and then you can also see how things are searched over time uh, when it first came out it was kind of considered a little bit of a joke like it was uh, you know it was not considered a scholarly source it was just more a fun kind of pr uh, source for google potentially uh, and uh, you know you could play around with learn what fashions are popular what celebrities are popular uh, but i think it really is uh, i think we're learning more and more that this is no joke this is as i say probably the most important data set ever collected on the human psyche uh, and 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 definitely a, a really important uh, tool for uh, researchers to focus on.
1: And, and in contrast to that, uh, a lot of these surveys that come out uh, proclaiming data may not necessarily be as accurate as probably they would uh, they would lead to be correct.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know the, the surveys have big holes in them. Uh, the, the more I look at surveys, the more skeptical I become. Uh, when when you try to kind of even just little things recently, I've looked at I, I looked at survey data on car potential car purchase behavior versus actual car purchases, right. and they don't match up at all. Like people uh, say they're going to purchase cars that they don't, or they don't say they're going to purchase a car they do. Uh, so I think uh, I the more I, I think surveys have been uh, dramatically overvalued and uh, really are going to play a much smaller role in the future. Uh, as some of these new Internet data sources become more uh, accessible.
1: Which is part of the reason why a, a lot more companies are really looking at analytics, looking at data to really get a more true understanding of what consumers are thinking, correct?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you have to. Uh, it's basically, I, I think it's just also just be careful. Every data source, you have to think what 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 is this data source? What are the incentives that people have? Uh, when they're giving me this data source so it's not i think a lot of people put anytime you see numbers or data you say oh that's reliable right but a lot of data sources are crap i mean it's a, a part of my language but uh a, a lot of data is, is really unreliable and a lot of data is reliable and you know the, the, what people click on what people purchase what people search uh, that's i think more valuable than many of the other sources that that you might consider
1: Seth Stevens Davidovitz joining us. He is the author of the book, Everybody Lies, Big Data, New Data, and What the Internet Can Tell Us About Who We Really Are. The book uh, just came out. Uh, It is available in bookstores and online right now. Going back to the political realm for a second, you do talk in the book that uh, the data and and what was out there on the Internet did kind of show – that president trump was going to be the person to to win not only the republican primary but also the the general election correct
0: i think there were definitely clues uh, there were that uh, I, I you know it, it's a little tough to it's one of the most common questions i get can you use google searches to predict elections right and it's a little difficult because we've only had four elections in which google search data has been around so it's a little challenging to predict their models but i think Within four to eight years, uh, we're going to be able to use this data to predict elections very, very well. And I've already talked about some of the clues I already did right before the election that I thought Trump was going to win. Uh, because uh, the, a, couple, a couple of things that, that tip me off is, one, you can see based on whether people search for how to vote or where to vote before an election, whether they'll actually turn out to vote. Right. Uh, you can't really trust what people tell you to surveys that they're going to vote. Everyone says they're going to vote and then many of them don't. Uh, but what this revealed is that African-American turnout was going to be much lower uh, than in previous elections. Uh, and this really hurt Hillary Clinton in, in the election. Uh, and then there was there's like a really subtle clue, which I think is fascinating. Uh, the order in which can, people support uh, search for candidates can give a tip off of which way they're going to vote. Mm-hmm. If people search Trump-Clinton polls, they're much more likely to go Trump's way. And if people go Clinton Trump polls, they're much more likely to search to go Clinton's ways way. And there were much more searches for Trump Clinton polls in certain key states in the Midwest.
1: So, what was uh, I mean? Is there a an impact that could be gleaned from just having Clinton uh, in a search, whether that include included Trump with it or or whether it did not?
0: No, I think that search by itself is not revealing because you may search Clinton because you love her, or you may search Clinton because you hate her. You may okay. search Trump because you love him. You may search Trump because you, you hate him. It doesn't really tell you anything. Yet it's a, it has to be a little more subtle than that, but the order in which candidates uh, search does have predictive power. It may even be that people uh, give away who they're going to support before they realize it themselves because people may think they're undecided, but if they've been searching Trump-Clinton debate, Trump-Clinton polls, Trump-Clinton election, they're very likely to be going for Trump.
1: Do you believe, though, that we are getting to a point where we're having a better understanding in general about all of this data that is out there? Uh, because it, there, it's seemingly a fairly common story about how we really truly don't understand all of this data and, and maybe it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of a gradual process to really get a handle on a lot of this.
0: I think we're getting there pretty fast. Uh, you know, it, 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 it does need more people. I think because, uh, it initially was considered so strange that you could just understand people from the, in, their internet behavior. It hasn't really uh, been the, the subject of, uh, as much academic research as I think it should, should have been, but it's definitely, uh, more and more and you're seeing more and more methodologists in this area and i think uh you know we're really getting we're we're beyond the point where it's just this is cool we're now actually getting real real insights into who we are from this data
1: so is this going to be a growth area for the the u.s economy people that that can do the analytics that can do you know the understanding of this to to really kind of give their input and and let the data really make the impact on companies and and people alike
0: Absolutely, but I think it's it's more subtle than people realize. I think people think – I actually talked about this. This came up a lot in, in, in my warding class. I think you think when you, when you think big data, you think it's like kind of this very technical thing, and it's all about statistics and kind of a, a, a left-brain kind of nerdy pursuit. And it definitely – it is a technical area, I'm not going to lie, but uh, it's surprising how much uh, it is a creative process uh, and – that uh, it's it's really uh, kind of just knowing what questions to ask, knowing how to find the nuggets of information in that data. You can't really necessarily teach that. You have to. Uh, it, it's 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 a bit of an art that you, you you learn and master over time. So I don't think it's just as simple as throw data scientists at this question. And you're done. Uh, it's it's more complicated than that.
1: And, and that would lead me to believe that we're going to see more tie- ups, more partnerships with some of these data scientists and and a variety of different uh, business sectors uh, o- over the next couple of decades to really try and get a handle on, and, and thinking about some of the world's greatest problems that we have out there, whether it's you know access to water in, in parts of the world or disease or you know I, I mean the, the opportunities there to make some changes are great. I think even more so if you're talking about having those partnerships.
0: It's thrilling. The possibilities are, uh, you know, really mind-blowing, and I think, uh, uh, you know, in big areas, it, it makes sense because of the, the this new data that exists, and you know, and it and it's honest. Uh, it makes sense to go after big questions to be really am- ambitious. Uh, the the days of going after kind of a little a little question, I think, don't make sense uh, with big data.
1: But what about people being able to understand themselves a little bit more? I mean, will we? I mean, we talk a lot and have over you know the first twenty minutes here about how this data can impact other people and and impact other businesses. Will people be able to understand themselves better in the future?
0: I, I think so. Data frequently understands ourselves better than we understand ourselves uh, than, than we do. So one example is uh, Netflix initially, uh, in, in, the early days of the company, they asked people, uh, what videos are, you gonna watch in the, uh, in the, in, in the coming days. So like, the, so, so, uh, you know, this weekend, we know what you're watching now, but this weekend, what do you want to watch? So we'll queue that up when the weekend comes around. And when you ask them, people say, I'm going to watch the 19th century documentary, or I'm going to watch avant-garde French films. And then, uh, Friday comes around and they have that in the queue and they ignore it and they watch the same lowbrow comedies or romance <laughs> flicks that they've always watched. Uh, and I think Netflix just realized they ignored, they should just ignore what people tell you and just uh, instead uh, focus on what they actually do, let the algorithms uh, tell the story. I think we, we, t- we tend to be really uh, make horrible predictions about what we're going to do in the future. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're almost all of us are uh, way too over optimistic. Uh, and I think uh, kind of data can ground us uh, much better.
1: But and part of this also could be the fact that uh, we're able to understand more so how we may be different as a country compared to, say, you know, China or, or France or Germany. And that has obviously an impact when you're thinking on the global perspective of whether or not it's business, politics, you know, a variety of different fronts.
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, just really interesting to compare the differences between different countries uh, that, that can com- co- be revealed in this data. And then also from a business perspective, of course, some of these data, some of these countries, the data is just horrible. So uh, Nigeria, I think the biggest economy in the United States, uh, one time they uh, changed, they, they they realized there was a, a flaw in their GDP estimate. And overnight they changed the estimate by 90 oh, percent. Uh, so it's just like the traditional data in these uh, in these. Uh, in, in in these areas in in some of these countries is really really bad and some of these new data sources that are coming can uh, dramatically improve our understanding of these countries of these uh, countries i talk about nightlight data uh, which can measure the economy just based on how much light uh, is is uh, is being produced uh, i talk about uh, premise which is a company that uh, basically, just goes around taking pictures of economic activity in poor, in uh, developing countries, and from those pictures, is able to give estimates of inflation rates and interest rates and lots of other areas.
1: I, I mean, the potential for change. And I, I hate to go back and uh, kind of beat the dead horse here, but I mean, the potential for change with all of these different <laughs> elements. I, I mean, it's 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 massive for the future, uh, and and. Uh, it would seemingly make things very much more predictive of how you can have growth or how you can avoid uh, pitfalls uh, in in various economies around the world.
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I tend to be a very cynical, skeptical person, right? Uh, and so when I hear a term like big data, you know, or, or when I hear a buzzword, I'm just kind of like, uh, is that you know, like these things are so silly? Like they're you know, it's just the latest, hottest fad. But I mean, I've been studying this thing for five years. I've talked to people in the field. I mean, I'm constantly blown away by uh, what you can find, and I think uh, this one, this one's no fad. This is like this stuff's legit, and is uh, you know really a, a revolution. I think in our understanding of people in the world.
1: You are a, a as you just said a self-professed uh, tend to be a cynical person, yet your <laughs> life is in data, a- a- and truly the data I- is the truth. Correct?
0: Yeah, I think I think I think well, I think in some sense. It, it, it confirms my skip, my cynicism, and that you can't trust what people tell you, and a right. lot of the uh, a lot of the traditional data sources. You know, their, their incentives in people giving you that data. But yeah, but uh, but uh, but I'm not cynical at all about what you can learn uh, if you if you know the right data to look at.
1: We're joined by uh, Seth Stevens Davidovitz, who is the author of the book Everybody Lies: Big Data, New Data, and What the Internet Can Tell Us About Who We Really Are. The book just came out. It is available in bookstores and, and online. Uh, as you mentioned, I mean, you really have. You immerse yourself in this data on a daily basis at this point. I mean, it, truly, this is an open-ended uh, kind of sector right now in that there is data on everything and anything you could potentially want to have an effect on. And truly, this could be something where you could literally go from from business to business and be able to collect data on it on a daily basis, Correct.
0: Well, yeah, so I, like uh, for the end of my warden class, we had a group uh, presentation uh, and people, I gave them very, very uh, broad topics. I just said, think of a new business in education or think about a new business in health or think about a new business in politics. And every one of the presentations basically came up with, you, you know, and, 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 and how using kind of the, the tools of new data and big data would help you with that business. And by the end, every single presentation like all the students were like, why doesn't this exist? Like it doesn't make sense. Like this should exist, uh, and you know it's it's usually hard to come up with something new, right? Because most because uh, people are you know smart people have been spending their whole lives trying to find things that should exist, things that people want. But I think with big data, it's really surprisingly easy to up with a new important idea in a really big area.
1: So you are you are positive about the future here because uh, obviously we said uh, with with working with that, that next generation, the students that are going to be out there in society that they understand the the importance of these types of data points and they will continue to build and grow them as we go forward.
0: I think it's it's really exciting. The one concern is the ethical issue. Definitely, yeah. Uh, you know that businesses may almost become too powerful, uh, and can really fleece consumers for everything they're worth because they know more about consumers than consumers know about themselves. That's definitely a a a, a big concern I have.
1: So how uh, so so how do you how do you prevent that? How how do you really guard against that then?
0: I think it's it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take. I think the. Most people in the area of legal, you know, the law and ethics aren't quite prepared for just how revolutionary big data is uh, in, the, in in some of these. You know, basically, I like to think about it that everything correlates with everything, right? There's very little that 0.000, 000 correlation. Yeah. So just about anything you do will predict something else you do. Uh, and now, you know, traditionally, companies have had only three or four or five variables to make these predictions on. But now they have pretty much everything anybody's ever done to make these predictions uh so it's uh it's very powerful stuff
1: seth great to have you on the show today thank you very much for coming on oh thanks so much for having me thank you the book again is everybody lies big data new data and what the internet can tell us about who we really are seth stevens davidowitz is the author of the book as we mentioned it just came out and it is available in bookstores and online